0: the linkedin podcast network is sponsored by medtronic medtronic is dedicated to the pursuit of life transforming health tech from ai to robotics and beyond we're reinventing what's possible and we're just getting started visit medtronic.com to learn more Welcome to Brown Table Talk. I am DC Marshall, founder and CEO of Diverse and Engage and Wall Street alum and recently named Entrepreneur Top 100 Women of Impact. I'm here with my equally amazing co-host, Mita.
1: Thank you, Dee. I'm Mita Malik. I'm a business leader, a de executive, and most importantly, a working mother.
0: She's being modest, she's being humble. But listen, Mita and I, we started Brown Table Talk as a place to spill the tea on the hard truths women of color face in their workplace. So I will share from my perspective as a black woman and for Mita, her view as a South Asian woman. At our table, we unpack it all. We won't leave any juicy detail out. I know sometimes a little bit cringe worthy here, but we will provide you with tips you need and not just how to survive, but how to thrive in organizations. So Mita, what are we talking about today, my friend?
1: Well, we're talking about something I came to you for advice on, and that is how to react when they say you are not ready for the next level. And I have some personal stories here. We have stories for days, but Dee and I have texted had audio messages, dinner conversations over the years on this topic. And so we are going to share some stories and, of course, leave you with those five tips at the end.
0: Yeah. You know what's so interesting? When when you just said D&I, you meant, you meant D&I. And, and I'm like, oh, wait, D&I. Did you ever...
1: DNI. <laughs> DNI,
0: DNI. I. yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? And allies, so glad that you're here. We also share and we know that Roundtable Talk is also a place for allies. But Mita, why don't you share your story, please?
1: Okay, D. you remember the story. So a few years ago, I am introduced to a CEO for a uh, C-suite role. And I go through a number of interviews. This individual is super impressed by me and asks to, after I've had some interviews, conversations, asks one day to connect for 15 minutes. And I'm like, oh, maybe this individual wants to know what my salary expectations are. So I get on this call, ready to converse with the CEO. And she says the following to me, I'm just not ready to roll the dice with you. Just not ready to roll the dice with you. You have an amazing background, but I just, I don't feel comfortable putting you in this role, but I want you on the team. So I have an amazing vice president role that I'm ready to offer you. And it was a gut punch. I was devastated. I didn't know what to say in the moment. And all I did say was, thanks very much for considering me. And I'm not interested in a VP role. It's not the next step in my career. And thanks. And it was so, it was devastating that someone would say that they didn't want to roll the dice with me or take a bet on me. I don't even know how to unpack that D.
0: It is such a gut punch. It's painful. So if you are here and feeling the feeling, feeling the gut punch of how very hurtful, I'm going to just say flat-out racist, it is to say, you're not valuable enough or or enough, or I'm not willing to take a chance on you. It sounds and feels and I'm just going to speak from a black woman. That's what it feels like. So while it may not have been intended in that way, when somebody says they're not willing to roll the dice or take a gamble, it says in in a lot of ways it feels like you're not worth it when you are more than qualified. So now let me come out of my feelings. Let me come out of my feelings and say Here is what is a very real thing, and that is for white majority, they're dealing with the discomfort of, I'm going to just say it like I said it on the call when we talked about it. Let me just say, Vice President Kamala Harris winning the number two seat as vice president of these United States It amplified the genius and the value of Black women and South Asian women. And what's showing up is this reaction with white women not being comfortable. Some white women not being comfortable, being really feeling intimidated that you are more than qualified, that you're going to steal her shine. And so a lot of times a response that you're not ready or you're not qualified, it is the opposite. It is you are overqualified and I don't want to have to measure up to you. So that's part of just my processing what happened. And then again, offering a number two position or or lesser than, it says that you are not qualified when you're more than qualified to sit with me. So as a Black woman, I am, you know, giving you one part, my feelings as a Black woman, and then one part, you know, I've got my professional hat on. And so You know, I think it's just important to have these stories and to share, which is why we started this podcast. So for folks to know that you're not alone and just, and then for allies, just so that you can really understand the lived experience at work and the emotional tax that Black and Brown women and women of color largely have to pay just for showing
1: up at work because that is so painful. I think there's two things coming up for me, Dee. One, as a diversity, equity, and inclusion executive, you and I actually were both featured in this timepiece recently that talks about how women of color cannot save your workplace. And the author talks about how in the marketplace, there is this movement she's seeing to bring in women of color as the number two. And so many people will say, well, that's a good thing, right? Because you were trying to increase the diversity of representation of your company. And Setting someone up for a number two will eventually give them a number one job. But I would argue, why not give them the number one job from the start? And with so many number two jobs, with deputy jobs, you know that people can get sidelined. They can be doing the work, but not be visible for it a plug for our recent most episode, which you can listen to, which is all about how to get visibility at work and find your voice. But that's what's coming up for me as a and i executive, and I'm just going to be super vulnerable. Personally, what's coming up for me is, okay, so she gave me the VP job. That's okay, right? Like, almost like I feel like I could settle for it. And this is, again, a cultural piece of like, you know, you don't ask for more. She is telling you what she thinks you're capable of. And it is this trap that I fall into, and so many of us do, where I allow someone else to define my self-worth. I allow someone else to define my worth. And there is a moment where I think, well, okay, maybe she's right. No,
0: she's not right. And so I'll go back to if I were a white cisgender male, would that be your response? Would this be the conversation that you're having, that you're not willing. So listen for the language. Her allies here, listen for the language. I'm not, I'm just not quite willing to roll the dice. I'm not willing to take a risk. So, and Misa, something you said, it's, it's you know, uh, open-ended questions would be why. So let's play this out. So for that executive who has brought you in and shared with her colleagues and you've interviewed with the colleague, colleague, This is Ally. Ally is sitting on the sideline. Ally, your responsibility is to ask what happened to Mita or what happened to this amazing candidate? She was amazing. She was qualified, overqualified. She's a LinkedIn top voice. She's a contributor, a valued expert. She's got receipts for days. What happened with her? And as an ally, you are to challenge any response that sounds like not a culture fit, not ready. And again, it's the open-ended questions that Mita shared on another episode. If you listen to our podcast, it's, you know, how so, or what specifically makes you uncomfortable, or what did you see that would cancel out, you know, her qualifications. And, you know, if she was a white cisgender male would you feel the same way? So allies, that's an opportunity for you to step in. Allies, that's an opportunity for you to really demonstrate your capability, demonstrate capability by leading through a multicultural lens.
1: So Dee, this is why we need allies, because I'm tired. I am tired of counting my own points and constantly having to tell people, here are the receipts, here are the points on the board, here are all the things I've done when I consistently feel like the standard is still different for women of color. It is not about potential. It is about points, 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 and more points. And so how incredible is it to have an ally who is looking out for you to say, well, no, Mita has enough points on the board. <laughs> like, let's just stop. Because if we're comparing Mita to this other candidate, this candidate, other candidate has half of the points, and yet we're holding her to a different standard. What say you, D?" Yep, you're right. The receipts and
0: the work speaks for itself. Although we do have to share, we do have to forever be presenting and reminding people of our value and our work um, in how we show up. But I think one of the things that I was going to say about this situation that just makes me cringe is for that woman, just say no and leave it at that.
1: You think she gave so much detail? You think she gave too she much? She gave detail. too much
0: detail. That's it. She, no, wait, gave too she much was
1: detail. also she did identify as a white woman. I don't know if we clarified that for our audience. I think du did, but yes.
0: Yeah, she she gave too much detail. Just say no and find a better candidate. That's what you do. So let me just help and say, if I was coaching her, I would say, Well, find a better candidate and and measure, evaluate, assess by the same standard. Find a better candidate and just tell her, no, I found a better candidate, but they better be better. They better have receipts and they better bring the heat. Come on, somebody.
1: Oh, there you go. I got nothing else to say. Thank you. Yeah. You just got the mic, literally. Thank you.
0: So that's it. Too much details because the comments, See, you see how we are able to now tease out the response and that's hashtag, you know, uh, DNI fail. That's hashtag high risk. Right. That's hashtag she's a flight risk because she's white woman now um, in a position of power. And you know, people aren't having this right now. There, there are woke people in business, in corporate America, and they are listening for exclusive behavior, racist behavior. And so she it, it was a very risky move for her to use that language and the framing. And so just don't do that. Just find a better candidate. But let me give you this. Oh, I forgot to say this, Mita. For her, can I tell you what the win would be for her? For white, cisgender, male, female, here's the win for her. She should have got you on the team at that highest position because she would win. It's a win-win. Here's why. The new leadership, new rules, new rules, and new rules of leadership is you must Be a leader who can lead through a multicultural lens. And so if I am the white woman, I want you on my team. That's what Joe Biden did. That's what he did. Now, certainly we are more than qualified for the number one seat. Absolutely. But guess what the new rules are? diversify your team, diversify your number two and prepare them and be prepared for them to be the number one because they're already there. so for her the win would be bring you in at the level that you should be in your rightful position and she would win she would win in terms of added insight skill set uh, increasing her capability, her ability to see through a multicultural lens by having a badass number two. So basically, Joe Biden, come on now, ma'am, sir, let me tell you what we say, Mita, in the Black woman space. And you know, because we talk about this in Brown Girls, but get you, uh, this is not proper grammar, okay? This is not proper grammar, people. Get you a brown woman on your team, okay? Yes, okay is not a word. And see, even my energy here, this is, some people are feeling uncomfortable right now. That's why I am unemployable. I can't go to corporate with all this energy. I had to leave Wall Street. That's why you have the podcast. That's why we it. That's why we have this podcast to help other women, but but that's that's the win-win for all of us. So Mita, we have talked about the win for brown women in in your lesson. We've talked about the win for the white female, right? There's a win for her. We drop free game here. Get her on your team, you're going to be better. You're now going to up-level your skill set, your competency, and now you're going to go higher. But if you forever have this discomfort and you're too fragile to work with a brown woman, then you are now putting yourself in a negative. You want to really level up in this season and work through the discomfort because that's the new rules and leadership. You have to have the ability to lead through a multicultural lens. Why? Because the largest emerging domestic market in the U.S. is 51% people of color. The largest demographic in the workforce right now are millennials. 37% have outpaced boomers. So you, we no longer need to call them millennials. Why is this a point here? Because millennials are the fastest growing and the most diverse population in the workforce. So for her, she needed, she needs color. We all need color. The LinkedIn Podcast Network is sponsored by TIAA. In the last 100 years, we've seen financial markets swing. New currencies come and go. Decades of savings lost in days. All showing that a retirement plan without a guarantee, quite simply, isn't enough. So more than a retirement plan, TIAA makes you a retirement promise, a promise of a guaranteed retirement paycheck for life, a promise that pays off. Learn more at TIAA.org
1: backslash promises pay off. Dee, I have to ask you this before we go into the tips for individuals, women of color who are listening and actually for myself in this instance. What could you say in response to that? I was so gut-punched. I didn't know how to respond. It was nothing that I would have expected that this leader would have said to me, that I said, thanks for the opportunity to interview. I still think I could do the job well. And I think I actually reviewed very quickly in my head some of the strategic pillars we had talked about and did boom, 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 because that was like my final way of saying, I could do this job. And at that point, I didn't really want the job because she had, in a way, shown me who she was. What's your advice? Like, what would you say in that moment? Now, I will admit... I probably would have been
0: uh, stunned and shocked and just in 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 pain that I may not have responded immediately and if I did it probably would have been reacting versus responding. But I do think the response is something that you shared before it's these open-ended questions. So really just walk me through where you see value or where you see the strength and what attracted you initially. What, you know, specifically about my background was uh made sense for the business? And then, and then where did you see a disconnect or, or something that was missing or where did you see a need for more? So I really love the way you framed that in a previous episode. And I think we should all be taking notes on that's a general way to respond is open ended questions and just teasing it out with a series of questions, because I think that'll be very telling And then I think in the end, Mita, I'm gonna be quite honest. I think when there's nothing to lose, and when we are bold and unapologetic, I might even share feedback. Or I might ask the question: if I were a white male, would I be qualified? I want you all, if it makes sense, if it feels good, the final question. When they say final question, Jeffrey, final question. Once you have exhausted everything, everything, final question. If I were a white cisgender male, would I be qualified? And don't say anything and stop there. Sorry, not sorry. I think that's the one question that then makes a profound statement where you don't have to say how racist, how sexist, how inappropriate, how exclusive, how we don't need to say microaggressive behavior because that's an SAT word for racist it's saying I am less than. So even if I am not qualified, that language says I'm less than. That was a bad choice of words, but it comes from a place of I am supreme, but that's where I land, Mita.
1: That's where you land. And I will push back and say, I want an ally to do that for us. I don't want to be the person who has to do that. I will. But also, as a candidate, you might not always feel comfortable. You just said it, too. It depends on where you are. You want to be bold and unapologetic, but this is if it's through your network or someone who's introduced you, there's also fear. Let's just be honest, right? There's also fear involved, but I love it. I love it in the moments that you can do it. You should do it.
0: Yeah, you're right. I am speaking, everybody, you know, I can do this now because I'm a coach, right? And because I run this company and I'm a, you know, in some instances I say I'm a free agent, so I have nothing to lose. So I can be a little bit more bold and unapologetic and not really think about what may happen on the other side. But I will say, Mita, you're right. A smarter move is to delicately respond. Okay, so now we're going to leave you with the tips.
1: That was a good conversation, Dee. Okay. So we're going to leave you with the tips. Here are five takeaways. And again, we're talking about how to respond when someone says that you're not ready for the next level. And so my number one tip is to know what points you have put on the board. That's really important for each of us to understand our worth and our career journey. So we can vary eloquently and concisely convey it to others. number two, study the job title, promotion, whatever opportunity you're going after. understand what it is and what you bring to the table. And number three goes back to our conversation earlier, who else has had that job or that type of job that you are seeking and to do a little comparison on their candidacy or what their profile is versus yours D over to you four and five.
0: Yeah. You know, um, we talked about it, you know, at length. And our number four is here's what you say. Right. Meaning have a response ready when they say you are not ready for the next level. We talked in depth about some of the conversations and the questions that you could have, but it would be better. Here is your place for an ally. It is the appropriate space for you to ask an ally to share the story And then number five, find a place that will value you and what you have to bring to the table.
1: D, I couldn't have said it better myself. That number five, we say it and we'll say it again. Be in places where you are celebrated and not tolerated celebrated and not tolerated. Well, that was conversation, all the juicy details as we promised. This is Brown Table Talk. We're signing off. Thank you so much for taking your time to join us today. And if you enjoyed the conversation, please like, please share, please comment, please share it with your community. And we will see you next time. Thank you.